You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. The session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. So good to be back with you again. This is In the Studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and our hours together each week, Michael, are very special to me. I, I often listen to the podcast as a listener. Do you know what I mean? I don't just sit here and record with you. I go back and listen to them as well, and they impact me spiritually. Yeah, it, and how is, how is that possible? I mean, uh, listening <laughs> I to your own content, but still being impacted by it. How, how does that work? Well, I don't, I don't learn anything from me. I learn th- things from you and from our guests, oh. actually. So, <laughs> well, we have, we've, the one thing is we have such great guests. I mean, uh, yeah. we're so yeah. fortunate to be able to talk to and to have talked to people like Bill Lane and Pastor Cole. And, right. And, uh, we all had the that other. recent program, and that's what I was thinking about. I, I listened to that whole program with those men and Scott Rowley and Fernando Ortega was a part of that conversation as well, and you. And it was just so spiritually beneficial to hear that. And some yeah. listeners responded too. Lee said, wonderful to hear Dr. Lane and Pastor Cole again. A great discussion on worship. Lee says, thank you. Randy says, great stuff, Mike. I needed to hear this today. Thank you. And Dan says, I was blown away as I listened today. Powerful, penetrating, and profound. So we thank thank the Lord that we are having an impact, apparently, in some people's lives, um, including a lot of people in Singapore who are listening to the podcast. Now, you've been to Singapore a number of times, and I'm sure there are friends who have heard you sing there. Yeah, Singapore is a special place uh, for me. it, it, it's a, it's an odd thing to go to a place that uh, I'm is so different in in some ways, but in many ways it just feels like home and family. That you know you you meet there with the brothers and sisters, and it's it is it's it's uh it's like being well, it is being with family. So a shout out to all of our listeners in Singapore, especially this week. Thanks for your faithful listening habits to in the studio with Michael Card. This doesn't come from Singapore, but Brianna says this was a great one, referring to a recent program. I listened yesterday. I'm still processing the information. That that happens, doesn't it? Thought-provoking and an encouragement to be aware of what happens beyond our borders. I was just thinking this past week in light of several international headlines that we in the U.S. have a tendency to be blinded by our comforts. That's well put. Wow. Blinded by our comforts. Well, and that that's the importance of having connections to... Singapore and places elsewhere in the world, because in America we tend to think that we we are all there is, and uh, our little problems are the only problems that exist in the world. And the truth is, we're we're a small part of a of an awfully big family. We're going to have the privilege of focusing on the Disciples Study Bible today. This new Bible from CSB. Yes, uh, Chris Swain will join us here in a few moments, and uh, he had a big hand in putting this together. We'll talk with Chris. After we hear Michael sing to begin our time together, Come Thou Fount.
thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy praise Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it Seal it for thy courts above People love to hear the banjo as you play it, Mike So uh, thanks for singing that Come Thou Fount here in the studio with Michael Card. Hey, it's about time we welcome a fellow Tennessean to the program. Uh, you, uh, of course, live in the Nashville area, Mike, and have uh, your whole life. Yep. You're a native, right? I'm a native, and, and uh, Chris lives up in North Nashville where I grew up, so it's going to be good to he, – he's a, he's a recent uh, transplant, but that's okay. We'll, we'll take him. <laughs> okay. All right. Chris Swain is CEO of Replicate Ministries and Executive Pastor of Discipleship at Long Hollow Baptist Church and – one of the team members to put together the Disciples Study Bible. Chris, we're very happy to have you with us. Thanks so much. Excited to be here with you guys today. Uh, tell us exactly what, what was your role in uh, in putting this. It's it's really more than a study Bible, isn't it? It's a discipleship mm-hmm. Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in working with uh, the CSB, one of the things we wanted to develop was a tool that we could put in the hands of, of the disciple to say, hey, I'm going to engage with God's Word. So going beyond reading to actually living out and putting into practice what we read, which is so critical. But uh, I got to help edit uh, the articles and the helps that are in there, walk through how we would map out the different readings from our our plan that goes through the course of a year. And we can talk more about that in a moment. But uh, just had that role of helping get the articles, kind of edit those, put them together, and and cohesively ensure that this kind of fits that model and, and it makes it easier for the disciple to use. Well, we'll talk about the distinctives of this study Bible in a few moments here and actually go into the Scripture in Luke chapter 9 uh, together with uh, Chris Mike. But I, I want to ask about Replicate Ministries. Uh, Replicate, I assume this is a disciple-making ministry. Yes. So Replicate is basically a ministry designed to equip the local church to make disciples who make disciple-makers. And we're pretty intent on that statement because it shows the multiplication process. And and we just believe that Jesus gave us a model uh, for effective ministry. Uh, we don't need to make one up for the year 2021. Mm-hmm. We can go back and emulate what he showed us, which is to minister to uh, a large group gathering in a worship scenario, build community in those smaller groups, and then lean into multiplication. And this is what I think sets this apart and where this Bible comes into play to these discipleship groups and this discipleship element. Jesus did this with Peter, James, and John. And we think every believer has been called by the Great Commission to go and make disciples. Yep. So this is kind of one of those practices and a tool to help with that. So that's the three, the 12, and the 70 uh, model. Right, right. The 70 or the 120, the 12, the three, and then the masses, the the feeding of the 5,000, 4,000. That's where we'd say kind of volunteering, being mobilized for ministry, missions ministry. That's where those things took place. All right, before we open to Luke chapter 9 here, uh, Chris, uh, talk more about the distinctives. How, how is this Bible laid out? How is it helpful to us? Sure. Yeah, so one of the things we wanted to do is we really feel like journaling and 
and hearing from God uh, is definitely enhanced when we write down uh, what we're learning and we write down ways to move forward. So this entire Bible is really, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a good, great CSB study Bible, has study notes and, and practical application throughout. However, uh, what we put into it are these HEAR journals, and that's HEAR, H-E-A-R. It's an acronym for how we apply God's Word to our life. So we really feel like in Bible engagement is key. There's been some research uh, really done recently by LifeWay that shows Bible engagement is the top, the number one uh, spiritual discipline, and it affects every other spiritual discipline if you're doing it. So what we look at with Bible engagement is not just reading the Word and learning things, but it's applying the Word to your life. So the HEAR acronym, Highlight, Explain, Apply, and Respond, H-E-A-R, helps us identify what God's teaching us, understanding what it means, and then applying it, and then actually taking that next step to say, this is exactly what I'm going to do with what God has shown me. So throughout the Bible, you'll have these here journals that work through a one-year reading plan called the Foundations Bible Reading Plan, Genesis to Revelation, a few chapters, a couple chapters a day, five days a week, weekends to catch up, because if you're like me, you're always falling behind, right? So (laughs) it's intended for the busy believer to really engage with God's Word and take it to the next level of putting it into practice. So it has all of those things, the reading plan, the journal space, the commentary, and then in the back, it, it has uh, several articles on just basic discipleship components. It, it kind of walks through and maps out that discipleship pathway that we talk about, Jesus's model for making disciples. Um, it has the harmony of the gospel, so we can see where they come together. It walks through these measures for effective disciple-making, the marks of a disciple, and articles like that that'll be helpful to anyone who wants to read and engage with Yeah, them. and we'll illustrate all this in a few moments, but i, I got to pause, sure. Mike, and say— uh, Chris is encouraging us to write it down. I mean, there's actually space in the Bible to journal mm-hmm. uh, on the here mm-hmm. technique. And there's something about, I found, of writing something with your hand, not just yeah. typing on a computer, but there's something right. that goes on in the learning process. Mike, have you found that to be true? Yeah, I have. And uh, there are all kinds of studies that that back that up, that uh, when you engage, uh, when you engage by writing down what, 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 uh, what is impressed it's a, a truth that's impressed itself on you it's first of all you remember it better but it's an it's another way of understanding good good chris any s- stories of people who are using this disciple study bible and how it's impacting their life yeah yeah so people have really felt like and, and you know we've talked with many as we've ministered and as we've tried to lead individuals to just having uh, if you're like me you have the bible and then you have a notebook, and then you have additional resource maybe, and maybe something from your church that's an outline or a study, and you end up having several things that you're carrying around or trying to get to, and honestly, you just misplace it, or you just think, I can't take all this with me. With this Bible being, uh, having the journaling portion right in it, it just brings those two things together to make it simple. So we've had some great stories from some individuals. Uh, One individual was an older lady who had said she had never memorized Scripture. And part of the discipleship uh, group model that we walk through has scripture memory in it. And with this Bible, it just made it super easy for her to identify passages, write those down, because writing down also helps with memorization. And she's moved from really not memorizing any passages to memorizing multiple passages of scripture, which she just said has radically changed how she's uh, begun to follow Jesus. And another great uh, just story about an individual who um, was struggling in his marriage and began to get into his discipleship group, be, be held accountable. And as he was reading the Word, as you know it does this, guys, it, 
God uses it in the moment in our life to speak to us, even a truth that we've heard numerous times before. He takes that and makes it real to us in that moment to connect with our hurt or our need. And in this individual's life, it was his marriage. And and he said this, walking through this, reading and journaling and and walking through these ear journals, God showed him the steps he needed to take to get right and to strengthen their marriage. And actually, uh, he would say, save their marriage. So another incredible story of how God is just using his word and, and then all we're trying to do with this tool is put it in a way that makes it easier and more useful for people. Yeah, that's been, for me, one of the uniquenesses of, of the Word is there'll be a verse that you studied, you, you, read, you read the comment, what the commentary said, you, you did your homework, mm-hmm. and then years later, mm-hmm. you realize a whole other level of truth that, that had never, you know, that even the commentaries didn't talk about. And that, there's no other book that's like that. It, and I think it's one indication that it really is alive. Right. Living and useful. And yes. that's the thing that I think, uh, you, you, what, that's what you're saying there. It's not just alive, which is incredible. It's something we are to apply and put into practice as we read it and apply it and think through it. For all time. Uh, I heard someone say you don't have to make the Bible relevant. The Bible is relevant and always will be relevant. So, yeah, right. That's right. Well, that's let's. Right. Uh, yeah. That's good. It's the, it's the only book that reads you. Okay, that's. That's a very Michael Card comment to make right there. <laughs> All right, well, let's choose a passage. Michael, you want to kind of summarize what's in Luke 9, verses 10 through 27. We won't time to read the whole passage. I hope our listeners can pick up a Bible and maybe read along as we talk about it. But can you summarize this for us? Well, I mean, so basically, uh, 9, 10 through 27 is the feeding of the 5,000. And, uh, and Peter's uh, confession of Christ. Um, Chris, I mean, how how does... Um, this disciple discipleship Bible engage with this passage. I mean, what is that taking us take us through the here uh, yeah. methodology and listening to this yeah. text? So, as you're reading through the here journal, this would be uh, week 33 in the reading plan. So, this is going to be towards the end of the year. You're walking through the book of Luke. You would come to chapter nine, and right here in the Bible, you would have a page that actually has the notes section for you right beside chapter nine. Set. Uh, directly to the right of that. And what you'd be able to do is say, okay, in our readings, to do a here journal, I'm going to read Matthew 9. And and for today's purposes, you know, we're going to walk through uh, 10 through 27. Um, what you would do is you would read all of those passages. And I know you summarized them just a moment ago, but we would read every word. And then we would stop and we would do the very first step, which is to highlight. We would say, okay, of these of these passages, what is one that stood out to me, or what's one that is really resonating as I read it? Um, I would say the Holy Spirit is just, uh, you know, kind of prodding your heart with it. So for me, just for an example today, I'm going to lean into uh, 13. Um, so Luke 9, 13, Jesus says to the disciples, you give them something to eat. So because that stood out to me, uh, guys, I would just write down Luke 9, 13 of this chunk of scripture, that's the one passage I'm going to write down, and it could be two or three verses, but I'm just going to write that one passage down. Then I'm going to move on to the explain. And what the explain is basically, you know, who was this written to? Who wrote the passage? Uh, How does it fit with the verses before and after? What is the Holy Spirit intending to communicate through it? So in this story of feeding the 5,000, very popular uh, a lot of people know about this. They had a, a lot of people there. The disciples were like, send them away. They're going to get hungry. Uh, they probably were nervous that, you know, there was going to be a riot because there was no food. And Jesus said, no. He said, you give them something to eat. He mobilized the disciples here. So in the explained portion of the here journal, I would write down, 
Um, the disciples may have been scared. They may have been nervous. They may have been lazy. Whatever their response was, they wanted the crowds to go away. But Jesus so told them instead to feed the crowds. You give them something to eat. And so I would also look at the passages beforehand. It was late in the day. They were hungry. Look at the passage afterwards. Uh, we don't have any food. So they knew this was going to be a struggle. How are we going to feed them when we don't have anything to feed? So the explained part is really trying to get that context. So after I'd make some notes from that, I would move on to apply. And, and I want to ask the question here, what does this mean today? What is God saying to me personally from this passage? How can you apply this message to your life? So when I think of this passage, you give them something to eat. I believe Jesus is telling the disciples to do that in this moment and feeding the 5,000. But I also believe he's calling every disciple, all of us, to obey him in ministry and to be the person that steps out to take uh, take the need and meet it. And it may not be feeding 5,000 people or more. It may be that we're sharing with our neighbor. It may be that we're helping the homeless guy on the side of the road. It may be that we're uh, giving something or sharing something or helping with someone or loving someone. But that's the application of this passage. And then the final thing, the R, the respond is, what am I going to do about this in my life starting right now? What is the step that I can take? Uh, in what ways does this passage call me to action? And so I might think, you know, one of the things I'm kind of weak at is I, I'm not very compassionate towards those in need. So I'm, my very first step is I'm going to meet with my family, talk to my kids and wife, and we're going to ask the question, what is something we could do to be more compassionate as a family? What's something I can do as a dad, as a husband, as a minister to be more loving of those around me? And I'm going to make notes and I'm going to take action on that. And so that's very simply how you would walk through that here journal. I've highlighted a passage. I've explained, looked at the context. I've applied it generally to every believer, what we can do with it, and then personal, taking personal responsibility to take action and live out this passage of my own life. Yeah, Chris, one of the things I really like about this approach is you're dealing with a big block of Scripture. I grew up with this mm. idea that you know, you take one verse yeah. and you meditate on it over for hours, and you know we all mm-hmm. tried to do it and couldn't, but we wouldn't confess couldn't confess that sure. we couldn't. I love looking at a big block and getting the context mm-hmm. and what happened before and what happened after. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love this way of engaging with Scripture. Mm. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you know when I first began to do this, I would get a passage. Well, my second uh, time through this same reading plan. I would come across some of these same passages and God would bring a whole different uh, verse or group of verses uh, to me that, you know, in the first you know one, year one, it may have been verse 13. And then year two, it may have been verse 23, take up your cross and uh, deny yourself and take up your cross daily. And and so it, it like you said, the, the scripture just gets deeper and deeper. The more we wade into it, God continues to speak new things. It's alive. It's active. And uh, you're so right in saying that. Mm. Well, the the you give them something to eat. My, my mentor used to say that this is Jesus calling his disciples to the level of their own inadequacy because here's five thousand people, and almost with, I think with a little twinkle in his eyes, Jesus says, "You give them something to eat," knowing that they got you know they got nada. They have to. That's right. I think John John tells yeah. us that Philip has to go and steal the the fish and the bread from the little boy. Right? They got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> when you're stealing from kids, yeah, yeah, you need help. <laughs> Chris, I see how personal this uh, disciple study Bible is, um, and, and it needs to be personal. And 
we talked about the, the the word being living and active and sharp as a sword, any sharper than any double-edged sword. But at the same time, I can see how it could be used in a group situation as well. Do you, do you have that intent, intensive yeah. purpose? Yeah. Yeah, so this is designed, uh, as you know, every believer should be engaging with God's Word. So if you wanted to just take this and, and do here journals and walk through a reading plan, and by the way, you can use any reading plan. This, this method is transferable to any, uh, as you read through the Bible, any plan that you would want to follow through, and obviously we provide one there. But in our discipleship groups, uh, what we would say the core, the meat of that group, instead of curriculum for these groups, because in your small group, your Sunday school classes, you probably have a curriculum, and that's great. Stick with that. But in your discipleship group, where you're meeting and you're just holding each other accountable to living out how Christ has called us to live out, we share these here journals with one another. And so in a typical week, you're going to have, you know, if you do them every day, you're going to have five available. Uh, in, in your group time, you might only have the opportunity to share one or two but I would share this with you guys if you were in my discipleship group, and then we would we would talk about it. But then here's the beauty of it, the real secret, I believe, to effective discipleship. You would hold me accountable to that response. So I told you guys, I need to step up. I need to get more. I need to become more compassionate and care more about my fellow man and, and, and love my neighbor as myself. And now you have an opportunity to say, okay, Chris, this is how we're going to pray for you. And this is how we're going to help you be accountable to what God's called you to do. Well, we, we need to get together again and and, uh, and go deeper with this. So hopefully in in the future, Chris, we can talk to you again and and, uh, and maybe get some more stories about mm-hmm. uh, people who've been impacted by this uh, this Bible. Good, good. Absolutely. We'd love to do that, guys. Thanks so much. Chris Swain with Replicate Ministries and Executive Pastor of Discipleship at Long Hollow Baptist Church. Chris had a hand in putting together this Disciple Study Bible. More information coming up here in the studio with Michael Card. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. In a few moments, in the studio with Michael Card, we're going to hear some of Michael's music. We've uh, grouped several songs together, called them Songs for Followers in a Real World. That's coming up in a moment. Mike, listen to this comment from Pablo. I came across your music some 35 years ago while I was studying at a Bible school in Finland. Along these years, your music has been a tremendous blessing. I co-pastor a church in Barcelona. I'm Spanish. But I have a secular job, which has taken me all over the world for the last 25 years, So songs such as Home, among many others, have brought tremendous comfort in times of loneliness, especially in countries such as Vietnam, Philippines, India, Iran, Argentina, Mexico, Russia, or Egypt. Boy, this guy's got quite the passport, doesn't he? (laughs) My wife and I enjoy the podcast so much and listen to them all the time. We pray that we may have a chance to travel with you to Israel and meet you in person, maybe next year. Wow. Thank you for being a servant and for being a companion on the road wow. all these years. Well, thank you, Pablo. Next year wow. in Jerusalem, I guess, would be the same, Mike. <laughs> sounds like Israel's the only place Pablo hasn't been to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that's an encouraging letter. This comes from Dan. Hi, it's been over 25 years, Mike, since you've written Sunrise of Your Smile. It's a song I sing to my girls almost every night. Have you thought about adding the wisdom you've gained since initially writing the lyrics? You know, I think I've written an essay or two on that song. Uh, if if I were to add anything now, it would be that, you know, I'm, I sing this to to my grandchildren now. So that's kind of a new right. a new era, but the, it, it's still true all those <laughs> well, years later. Let's hear the song that Dan sings to his girls almost every night. Michael Card with Sunrise of Your Smile.
reject the worldly lie that says that life lies always up ahead. Let power go before control becomes a crust around your soul. Escape the hunger to possess and soul diminishing success. This world is full of narrow lives. I pray by grace your smile survives. For I would wander weary miles, would welcome ridicule, my child, to simply see the sunrise of your smile. To see the light behind your eyes, the happy thought that makes you fly. Yes, I would wander weary miles if I could see the sunrise of your smile. Now close your eyes so you can see your own unfinished memories. Now open them, for time is brief, and you'll be blessed beyond belief. Now glance above you at the sky, there's beauty there to blind the eye. I ask all this and wait a while to see the dawning of your smile. For I would wander weary miles, would welcome ridicule, my child, to simply see the sunrise of your smile. To see the light behind your eyes, the happy thought that makes you fly. Yes, I would wander weary miles I would wander weary miles I would wander weary miles If I could see the sunrise of your smile Grateful for Michael's music that ties the program together. We hope you'll share what you've found in this podcast with your friends on social media. We feature programs every week and offer an extensive podcast archive of both classic and current editions for you to explore. If what you're hearing in today's session has prompted you to go deeper in God's Word, look online for more from Michael that can help. You'll find music, the latest book titled The Nazarene, at michaelcard.com. We're always glad to hear from listeners. Post a comment on the Michael Carr Music Facebook page or send your comments, questions, and song requests via email to inthestudio at michaelcard.com. Coming up, more music and conversation waiting for you after this message here in the studio with Michael Carr. I'm glad we're partnering with the CSB. 
I got to see firsthand the way godly scholars work together on this Bible translation. Now I get to use the CSB in my study and teaching. There's so many types of editions available. I hope you'll find one that will help you get serious about reading God's Word. Search for the Disciple Study Bible at csbible.com and read more about this unique study tool. And when you order, apply your 40% discount on the CSB purchase through Lifeway. The Disciple Study Bible will not only guide you to unlock the meaning of the scriptures, but direct your growth as a disciple. Find a reading plan, map, study notes, and spaces to record your growth as you learn to follow Jesus. When you purchase this powerful discipleship tool, type CARD40 without spaces in the promotion code to receive your 40% discount from LifeWay. Search for the Disciple Study Bible now at csbible.com. Mike, let's spend the rest of our time together focusing on some of your music. And we've organized these songs as songs for followers in a real world. And I've underlined three times a real world because these songs aren't just songs of ease. These are songs that acknowledge the difficulty we sometimes have in following Christ. Yeah, and, and, and this, this is reflected in the Gospels. And uh, it, was, it was not an easy thing for the disciples to leave everything, to leave their families, to leave their jobs, to let go to face everything that they had to face. And and one of the most difficult things in my imagination is trying to deal with Jesus. <laughs> and I think this this first song is a really good example. Uh, in, in one of the parallels in Mark 10, Jesus tells that uh, he's been talking about how hard it is for rich people mm-hmm. to enter the kingdom. And the disciples, that completely, they're freaked out by that because in their world, rich people are the blessed people. They're going to be the first people to get in the kingdom and uh, and Peter, sweet sweet Peter, says, "Well, we've left everything to follow you, just to, just to remind Jesus." And they had left everything to follow him. Yeah. Well, we're going to group these songs together under the theme of following Jesus. This first one, "Pilgrims to the City of God," the key text is Hebrews eleven. Yeah. In uh, CSB translates it this way: now, These all died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised. But they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. And that's sort of the context when you you let everything go to follow Jesus. That's what you become. You're a foreigner. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're a foreigner because you, you're a citizen of another country, of another kingdom. Mm-hmm. Michael captures it in this song, Pilgrims to the City of God, accompanied by Steve Mikesell and Paul Ekberg. Lost in a strange land 
In a fallen world that's not our home But we are not just homeless prodigals here Because we have some place to go And sometimes we run by the power of his might On our own at the best we can plot What we hopefully look for is just beyond sight We are pilgrims to the city of God Pilgrims to the city of God Behold you have come to Mount Zion To the city of the great King To thousands and thousands of angels who come Assemble to joyfully sing And they sing And sometimes we run by the power of His might On our own at the best we can plot What we hopefully look for is just beyond sight We are pilgrims to the city of God Pilgrims to the city of God Songs for Followers in a Real World is our theme here with Michael Card. Let's turn to Mark chapter 8, Michael. We're going to hear another song in just a moment. This, uh, these are very familiar words, aren't they? Yeah. You, would you like to read those? Okay. Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38. Calling to the crowd along with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it. For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world and yet lose his life? What can anyone give in exchange for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Yeah, this uh, this next song is uh, from the life of Peter, and it's it really ref- echoes back to that uh, statement, you know, we've left everything to follow you. We do know that Peter, Peter, we know where his house is in Capernaum. We know he had a wife. We know he had a child. And um, in, in trying to engage with all the things he left behind, he left behind a family and children. And, uh, and I, I realized, I mean, as a, having been a musician on the road for 40 years, there's there's part of this dream that you have, and it's a beautiful dream of, of family and children and and uh, that sort of thing, that that dies too. That's one of those things that you let go. Now, Jesus gives you a better dream. He gives you another right, family. Yes. And I hope he still makes us better parents because we're followers of him. But my kids will tell you there's there was a cost that they paid. All right, well, the song is entitled Mourning the Death of a Beautiful Dream, and Michael comes to sing it for us right now in the studio. Cool morning shadows sadly shift across the floor 
Each time we say goodbye, it's harder than before. Even after all the pain of parting, still we find that we must mourn the death of the dreams we leave behind. As I turn my back on all that means the most to me, the sounds and smells, the light that dances on the sea. Greatest gamble is to act on the belief that only the slave who leaves it all is truly free. The sacrifice that we both lay before His feet, a thousand moments that belong to us that now will never be. By faith, we hold a better dream inside our hearts. A time when our family will never have to be apart. Till then, we'll struggle with just what it really means, and we will mourn the death of our beautiful dreams. Mourn the death of our beautiful dreams. Hearing you sing that song, Mike, I'm still thinking of Peter. And, uh, yeah. you know, you mentioned his home and his family, and he, he gave it up. Yeah, I guess in, in some senses in the Gospels, he's the, well, he's the only other fully formed character in the Gospels besides Jesus. And so if we're going to learn something uh, like this, we learn it from his life. But it, it, it continues on into Acts. Peter is sort of the main uh, spokesperson, I guess, for being a follower of Jesus. And, and the next song um, comes from uh, also from Peter's life. John chapter 21 is the text, verses 17 and 18, and then that longer passage in Acts as well. Tell us what's going on here. Well, Jesus had told Peter he was going to be led someplace he didn't want to go, and I think specifically he was talking about the cru- that Peter would be crucified. But uh, in Acts, you see this whole process of Peter kind of being uh, dismantled and then put back together again. And one of his That's a good uh, way to put it, yeah, yeah, and and one of those big moments is uh, when he he visits Cornelius' house in chapter ten, and it's always it's so so much like Peter too. He basically he walks into the first Gentile home he's ever been. He's never been in a Gentile house, right? You don't do that. And he walks into Cornelius' house and he says the first thing he says is, "Well, you know, I'm not supposed to be here." <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's very uh, sort of um, typical of of following Jesus. He leads you to these places that you never thought you'd end up being in, and uh, and Peter really is the exemplar of that. Yeah, I've heard you say it's not just the conversion of Cornelius; it's Peter's conversion. In a yeah, sense, he, it, this is this is a huge paradigm shift. For a for a, a an unobservant Jew, which Peter is. Well, you've captured it well in this song we're going to hear now. I'm not supposed to be here. It was his final word as we walk beside the sea. You will be led where you don't want to go. 
knew that he would test my faith and all that I believed. But just how far then I could never know. And he would send a vision then once more beside the sea to a rooftop where my ecstasy was seen. To ask what was unaskable, three times the vision came and demanded I embrace what was unclean. You know I'm not supposed to be here to cross a line no one has crossed before. To simply be one of the fools that you call to break the rules and to go someplace I'm not supposed to be. My stumbling faith responded to what my mind said wasn't right. So I left that place and followed in a dream to find unfamiliar strangers who were hungry for the light. Then I realized that no one is unclean. But I was born to be a winner and not to serve some fallen, conquered king who took up the cross and bled when he broke himself for bread in a place where he was not supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be and to go someplace I'm not supposed to be and to go someplace I'm not supposed to be Continuing to hear Michael's music and our theme songs for followers in a real world Mike, let's turn to Isaiah 53, Mm -hmm. very familiar passage, the first few verses, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. But there are some other verses later in this chapter you want to focus on. Yeah, um, and again, uh, here's Isaiah talking about Jesus um, centuries before uh, he's even born. But verse 10 says, Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely, Uh, When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed, he will prolong his days, and by his hand, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. After his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will carry their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as a spoil." Because he willingly submitted to death and was counted among the rebels, yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. And that the rebels is uh, is you and me and you, Joe. Yeah. (laughs) We are the rebels that he interceded for. Yeah. Joe's a part of this conversation, (laughs) although he doesn't have a microphone in front of him. Yeah. And this ends well. But it certainly doesn't begin well, does it? Uh, the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. Yeah, and I will never forget a moment when we were in Jerusalem and we were standing there and I, the guide 
Jerusalem is, sound, is surrounded by wilderness. It's in the middle of a huge desert. And the, our guide said at any moment, uh, we were standing on the Mount of Olives, which Jesus you know, walks over when he goes into Jerusalem to be crucified. And uh, the guide said at any moment, he could have walked over that hill and disappeared into the, uh, the Judean wilderness. Uh, what a thought. Wow. And, but the point is, he refused. He could have walked away. But, you know, in essence, Jesus wouldn't walk away. He walked straight, straight to that cross. And, um, and, and that's, that's true for us. I think at some point that's what this song is about. You have to make this determination. You know, I may stumble, I may kick, I may scream, you know, when I realize what's being demanded of me. But we have to make this determination. I'm not going to walk away. I'm not leaving. You know, and I think that's in in Peter's reflected in Peter's uh, statement. We've left everything, but uh, we're not we're not going to leave you. I made the man of sorrow sorry. By all my foolish lies I drove the nails I raised the cross I was the reason that he died Utterly unfaithful then I added anger to my sin In a world already dark to me I closed my eyes and would not see So I may kick and I may scream, say many things I do not mean. Hold blindly to what is not true, but I will not walk away from you. Just why I choose to disobey, I simply cannot tell. Why I blame you when I rebel and weep for wounds I give myself Then screaming at an empty sky I search for you and wonder why Though I cause you so much agony You refuse to walk away from me Don't read me pointless poems, friend Don't diagnose, don't condescend Though you may seem right to disagree I need someone to weep with me I made the man of sorrow sorry By all my foolish lies I drove the nails, I raised the cross I was the reason that he died So I may kick and I may scream Say many things I do not mean Hold blindly to what is not true But I will not walk away from you You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief and various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which, though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. 
though not seeing him now, you believe in him, and you you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. First Peter, chapter one, verses six through nine. This is precious. Well, we've we've talked about how hard it is and how much we give up and and how hard that even that determination is that I will not walk away from you. But in the end, uh, and even for Jesus on the cross, the promise of God is joy. I mean, what do you think, Wayne? Yeah, indeed. Um, we have to keep that end in mind, don't we? So, uh, and and I and I must say, I can can I can uh, testify that um, it's true that even in the midst of uh, some of the hardest times, God gives you a joy that's you know beyond your circumstances, that's beyond you know yourself, uh, and even as Jesus was promised or, and went from the cross that for the joy that was before Him, uh, the Scriptures say, and I think. We have the promise of God that we we will experience this joy when we when we walk away from the world and we follow him. Well, this is a great expression of that. Joy in the journey.
a fitting song to conclude this session in the studio with Michael Card. We're so glad you joined us for this time together. It's our prayer that the music and conversation you just heard has helped you develop a better understanding of the Bible and living the Christian life. If that is the case for you, please share your reactions to this hour. Post a comment on the Michael Card Music Facebook page. Write a review on Apple Podcasts or share the link to what you've discovered on your favorite social media platform. Also, learn about Michael's books, his music, live events, and our podcast guest details at michaelcard.com. We're glad for the partnership with our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible. Visit csbible.com to learn more about the Disciple Study Bible. This Bible edition will not only be a helpful guide to unlock the meaning of the scriptures, but it will provide tools to direct your growth as a disciple. Find a daily reading plan, maps, study notes focused on discipleship issues, and spaces to record your growth as you learn to follow Jesus. Explore all that's available for you and use the 40% discount on CSB purchases at Lifeway. Use the promotion code CARD40. Just type CARD40 with no spaces for your 40% discount. The Christian Standard Bible, a great translation, a great selection, and a great discount. Choose a copy that fits your needs online at csbible.com. Now for Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for sitting in on this session in the studio with Michael Carr.